to Soul Naked, your podcast all about embodied healing and sacred sensuality. I am Tanya Hirsch and this podcast is intended to guide you home to your truth and feminine power. Each episode is designed to inspire you to create a pleasure-filled life that is in alignment with your soul. Let's drop the mask and dive right in. Our infinity. Our Welcome back to the Soul Naked podcast. Wow, I feel like I have to reintroduce myself. I recorded all of the recent episodes up until last week with Jacqueline in January and so much has happened since then. As you see, I'm no longer in Morea and today I'm going to give you a little update where my life and journey has taken me, why I left Morea and also I will share with this example how you can navigate through your own death and rebirth cycles that are necessary for your soul's growth and for your soul's evolution and for you as a human being to grow into the version that you came here to be. So where even to begin? <laughs> I came back from Mexico. If you follow my podcast, you know I've been on an intense ayahuasca Bufo and Cambo retreat end of November and I've spent a month in Mexico and Costa Rica where I had magical out of this world experiences and where I found a lot of soul family and deep connections and when I went to Costa Rica to assist Nadine's feminine embodied leadership training something within me just changed after this month and when I came back to Morea end of December just before New Year's Eve I could feel that something is different that I am different, that I returned as a different woman to this place that has helped me so lovingly in the last one and a half years through the deepest transformation and healing of my life. And I always felt this warm embrace of Moria. The moment I stepped my first foot on this beautiful island that my soul chose to call home, I felt really, really held. And even though it's been the most challenging journey of my life and there were many moments where I wanted to give up, I always felt this embrace of nature, the ocean, the mountains, everything transmuted my pain and my trauma. And I'm deeply grateful for this process. And when I came back, it felt different. It felt like the leaves, I felt so connected to nature, but I also felt like the island is whispering, you're not supposed to be here right now. Your time for now is over. But I was not ready to give up that dream. Because if you followed my journey, you know that I gave up my whole life for this island. I had visions about this place for 15 years and I put so much hope in this huge dream and vision. I gave up my whole life, everything I ever owned to follow this dream. I didn't know anyone. I didn't, I've never been there before. I just trusted my soul that this is my home and that this is the next step for my soul's evolution. And that was exactly what it was. It was this chapter of my life where I needed complete solitude, where the universe stripped away every single person in my life so I could go to the root cause of my codependency of all the things and patterns within myself that kept me suffering and that kept me in toxic dynamics in my own family and in my friendships to really see why I couldn't be in my power and why I couldn't shine my light and lead the mission that I'm here to lead. And even though digging to the root of this pain was really, really intense, and I'm going to share more about this on my podcast soon, I can finally see why I needed to go through this process. And Maria was a huge chapter for that. But when I came back, I realized that I've outgrown that version that went through this process and that I needed to spread the magic of the islands. I needed to go into the world and hold space for other people to go through the same process. And I also got the impulse, especially after Bufu, it felt like, really like the plants are communicating with me and the ocean communicated with me, but not with words. The way I receive channelings is through telepathy. Like I feel, I just know what I have to say, what I have to do. And this is what it felt like. I felt the island is spitting me out. I was like, you're not supposed to be here right now. What are you doing here? And the growth that I experienced in Tulum and in Costa Rica and in this retreat in December I grew so much, maybe even more than I ever have in my entire life because I've done the root work before and then my soul was just ready for all this expansion and I became a different woman on this path. 
I felt the stagnancy when I came back to Moria. And maybe you know this from your life as well, that sometimes if you go through a death and rebirth cycle or if you go through changes, you feel different and you come back into the same environment, it feels stagnant and you know you're supposed to move on. But your fear and your comfort keeps you stuck. I feel these are the number two reasons why we stay in toxic dynamics in friendships, relationships, family dynamics, why we stay in places that are draining us, why we stay in jobs that are ripping away our life force energy because we are so afraid of the void and what's going to come and the uncertainty that is involved with that. And to avoid the void, <laughs> it's interesting, it's in the word, to avoid the void, We choose discomfort and suffering instead of trusting our own soul that has so much power and that we came here for. So I came back and I just felt something was different. I felt like I'm not growing anymore. I felt like my old life was still beautiful. I still lived in paradise. I still had the life that I created so hard. I worked so hard for for one and a half years. I had this dreamy bungalow that I created into a shell temple on the beach I could paddle still with the rays and sharks every morning do my meditation over the rays and sharks and see the magical eagle rays and everything I always dreamed of the nurturing purity of the island the crystal clear waters the fairy mountains the nature was still there and was still beautiful but I I just felt like for now it's time to leave but I didn't listen right away I was like okay I'm gonna travel a lot this year I already planned to go back to Mexico for my retreat I already planned to be in Europe in summer but I thought I'm gonna be in Morea in between and keep it as my base and then the signs got bigger and bigger and I was like no it's fine <laughs> I'm still keeping it I'm gonna come back and then one of my biggest fears got manifested and yeah I've slowly integrated what has happened and it's the first time I'm sharing about this one of my biggest fears since I'm a child I was left alone often as a child mainly because I wanted to I'm a Taurus so if I don't want to go somewhere I just stayed home and my parents were like okay whatever but sometimes they stayed long hours until it was dark and I was a little girl and our house was built in war and I've always been sensitive to spirits and to spiritual realms I just didn't know how to handle it so I could feel and hear things and get totally overwhelmed I was also afraid of someone breaking into the house and that something would happen to me I felt very unsafe there was this huge piece of feeling so utterly unsafe and terrified in my being and when I moved to this bungalow in Morea. It happened last year for six months, every single night that people came into our property and they broke into the big house in front. They took away things. I heard them next to my bed stepping. I woke up every night with sweat and terror in my, my being. My neck was sweaty and I was really, really terrified. I was sleeping with a knife next to my bed. I was just, yeah, afraid but this was while I was going through this deep process of trauma healing and digging into the root and meeting this part of myself that was established already in the womb and in the first months of life where I felt so separated from love and was longing to receive love from my family and I just felt so unlovable and so alone and so different and like I don't belong and when I was healing through that this external things happened like the people coming into at night and trying to take away things but it was more I knew they just wanted to take things so I, I kind of worked through that and I just faced that fear but it was still not really healthy for my nervous system because I didn't have a really good night's sleep in this time and I didn't want to give up this bungalow and my dreams so the signs were already there it's slowly time to move on but I hold on too much and this is very metaphorically also if we stay in relationships that are not good for us when the signs are already hitting in our face but we still choose to stay because not knowing what's going to come the void feels too scary so we would rather accept what's present in the moment even if the presence is very unhealthy very toxic very draining whatever it is and I did the same in that situation I already knew It's not really what I had imagined, even though I had everything on the outside that I always dreamed of. I had a cat, I had plants, I had this dreamy bungalow on the beach, I could swim with all my ocean friends in the morning. 
But what I was really missing was community and soul sisters. And I have two sisters, one in Tahiti, one in Morea, two in Morea. But I was longing for community. And I realized that when I was in Mexico, there was one soul sister after the other popping up, especially after I experienced this out of this world alien experience in my ayahuasca ceremony that I will share a little bit later on on the podcast, maybe in a few weeks. Since I saw that connection and felt why I felt like an alien my whole life, it's because I am here to show a new way of living and relating. And since then, all these people and women and even men popped up in my field that also had this connection and that are all also here to create a new earth. And we all came here with a big mission. And I just realized how much I was missing that someone that really gets me and someone who's on the same mission and has the same frequency where I don't have to explain myself and get questioned and projected on, but where I really can be all of me. And we just flowed into this vortex of expansion and soul nourishment. And I was sitting at a new, was it new moon or full moon kirtan, a singing circle at a friend's place. And Leila, a sister of mine, has put crystals and flowers and cards and everything was so divinely beautiful. And we were singing and they made cacao and something to eat. And I just sobbed the whole time because I felt how I didn't even know how much I was missing community. And I also realized that the reason why I always felt alone and why I always isolated when I was suffering and why I didn't really connect on a deeper level was also deeply rooted with that wound that I was working through, the root cause of all of my suffering, of my codependency, my anxious attachment style, why I bended over backwards in relationship, why it never felt safe to show all of me. It all stemmed from these first months of life where I just felt so isolated and so lonely and so unlovable. And to not go into this pain, I established all these patterns and all these dynamics. And instead of facing that pain my whole life, I I just created these patterns. And maybe they sound familiar to you too, because we all carry these wounds and these, this deep, false pain of separation, because our essence is love. And in reality, we are all connected and we come from the same source. But we forget through our conditioning, through the things that happened to us. And so I was sitting at this full moon circle. We were singing. I was crying. And this truth just dropped into my being. And I knew that I need this in my life. And that I can live literally on the most beautiful place on earth. If you've seen my stories and my pictures, Moreas, for me, it's heaven on earth. It's the most beautiful place in the whole entire world. But it was not enough. And I think that was the reason why Morea spit me out like an old chewing gum. It spit me out and said, you're not supposed to be here right now. You have to let it go for now. You will come back. We will not tell you when and why and how, but you need to let it go in order to do the mission. And I feel through me going out into the world after this huge transformation, and I can feel it, how people react to me, how I connect with people and how they it lights a spark within their eyes that this is the magic of the islands that I'm sharing. And I'm supposed to tell the people about Maria and I'm supposed to share the magic and to create a conscious community there. So that's a huge part of my mission to share the magic of the island, not only through me sharing the light and the transmissions, but also through the jewelry that I'm creating. I just birthed my first jewelry line, soul creations, and it was a very emotional process for me. And I'm working with the Tahitian Pearls. It's still very far from being officially launched and creating an online shop. This is still a future music playing in my soul. But I know this brand means so much. It's much more than just a jewelry brand. It really comes from my soul. It gave my inner child permission to really see her and believe in her. Because I birthed many projects in the past at the yoga studio with my ex-partner I, I wrote a book I created countless online programs and retreats I even had a, a brand for creativity yoga crafts where I created dream catches and macrames and gemstone jewelry but I had to give this all up when I left to Morea which was a huge letting go process for something I didn't know if it would feel good because I've never been to Morea and it's almost like this part of me died, so this could be birthed. And this time, I really allowed my inner girl to 
to believe in her because before I always saw it as a hobby. I always saw it as something that I do on the side and I didn't believe that I could make a living out of this. And when I sit with it, because I saw so many, especially here in Tulum, there's so many artists with beautiful art and jewelry and clothing brands and that just live from that. And I was like, why do I still believe I need to work so hard with different things and things that I love, but that not always come easy to me to make a living. And then I digged deeper into my family line. And I think I'm going to record a whole podcast episode about what has shifted in my money mindset and also about the beliefs that I had about my inner artist. Because if you think back about the things you loved as a child and the amount of energy you had as a child, this is the creative force that gets unleashed if you really allow your inner child to take over and to believe in her and to give her the space and the room to create whatever she desires. And for me, it's always been creating with my hands. My whole childhood, I was always creating beauty. I was creating little gardens, little houses. When I went on the beach, I created also little things with shells. And I always made bracelets and jewelry. And when I was six years old, I went with my grandparents to Croatia, like every year, we were traveling a lot in their caravan. Since I'm one year old, every weekend, every holiday, we were traveling in the caravan. And I always, every second I was creating, I, that's when I just switched off the world and just was in my little own world, creating beauty. And when I was six years old, I opened my first official business on the camping spot in Croatia. And I was selling my bracelets to people and they would literally sell it out of my hands while I was still making it. Six weeks, I was just creating and made a lot of money as a six-year-old <laughs> doing what I love. And I was so happy and so excited. And my soul creations is like a rebirth of this version of me that I didn't believe in. I mean, I was a crafts teacher because I was so talented and passionate about crafts, but I never believed I could make it as an artist. And when I gave her full permission, it's like these creations just birthed out of me and I had infinite amount of energy to create new ones and hours and hours of creating and it never stopped. And we all have this inner power, this life force that wants to flow through us. That's the things that don't drain us. I could teach one hour in school and I was drained for the rest of the day. I can create 12 hours a day and still feel energized. So I really have to pay attention. What are we doing from a place of we have to, we should to, where we put our little girl into a prison and where can we allow her to step out because she holds the key, the magic, the infinite amount of energy to create anything that you desire. And this brought a whole new level of aliveness and joy and happiness and playfulness into my world, even though it was very emotional for me because also in the past, when I birthed my yoga studio, I put my whole soul in it and then when I decided to leave this emotional abusive relationship, he just never paid me. And he, I felt like I'm thrown on the floor and it showed me how little self-worth I had. And for a long time, I stayed in this victim consciousness. Of, oh my God, why did this happen to me? He's the bad man and he should pay me for everything I birthed and created. And I felt so almost like my soul was raped by this man. And I can see now why I was a match for that. And it led me to this digging deep of the root of my unworthiness and why I didn't have enough self-love to leave way earlier when my soul already knew there was something off, why I stayed in this unhealthy pattern. So a little excursion. I birthed my soul creations in a group of sisterhood here in Tulum. And it was such a magical experience. I was very vulnerable. This birth really felt like another layer from my heart and soul was released by really releasing also the fear that it could be taken away again or that someone could take advantage of or that someone could copy me or that someone you know just takes from me it was like this is so dear to my heart and soul and I still show it to the world and I trust and I fully go all in and it was very very emotional for me to be held by my sisters because it was the first time that I really felt supported and seen and not only I believed in my mission but also these women believe in my mission and the spark that I see in their eyes when they put on my necklaces and my chains and my body chains and hand chains and foot chains and earrings and all the beautiful things with the pearls from the Pacific something happens within them 
it's like this spark, this goddess switch switches on and it makes me the happiest woman on earth. And I always thought the feeling from my retreats when I see when women dive deep and meet themselves and release shame and guilt and fear and truly love the parts of themselves that they thought were unlovable and it changes in their life. This feeling is really priceless to me and it fills my heart and soul with so much purpose and meaning. But my jewelry is a whole new level of that fulfillment from within it really It's like my inner girl is so happy and we can only be happy if we also include our inner child because these timelines exist at the same time. So this has been a huge thing and this was a little excursion. I know I wanted to dive into something completely different, but this is just how my brain works and this is also how I accept myself. So give you a little update on that and also about this magical, magical time here in Tulum. So... To go back to Morea. <laughs> One night after I already felt like it's time to leave, it's time to move on. And I wasn't ready. The universe was like, okay, you're not ready, but we will make you ready because you're really not supposed to be here right now. And one night, one of my biggest fears got manifested. I was in my bed and about to go to sleep. I heard steps next to my bedroom window and my heart started racing and I got terrified. So I grabbed my phone and I called a friend of mine. And then literally my biggest fear was always, I have slide windows and I was always afraid that one day I will see fingers or like the window open. So I always closed the one next to my bed and the one in the kitchen, but my bathroom window for air circulation was always open but I have what do you call it like a prison thing outside so nobody could go in but you can still slide your fingers through and slide the window open and while I was on the phone with my friend and I told him like oh my god I'm someone is outside my bungalow I saw in front of my eyes how the window opened and this was the most terrifying feeling for me it was a traumatic experience for me and I ran to the window and I looked down and I saw a guy hiding underneath my window And then I screamed at him and after a while he ran away and we caught him on camera. He had a black mask in front of his face and I was just terrified. I was scared to death. <laughs> I could not sleep that night. I called the police. The police came. They just looked with their flashlights and they didn't really do anything. And they said, just go back to bed. So I went back to bed. Couldn't sleep, of course. I watched a few YouTube videos to calm my nervous system. And then he came back a few hours later with the flashlight in my bedroom window and then I was like okay this is it I cannot be here any longer and then I didn't sleep alone for the last I think I had 10 more days before I went to Hawaii with my best friend so this was such a lucky thing my friend was visiting me from Germany for we traveled together for a month or even more six weeks he visited me in Morea first and then we went to Hawaii together and so he was very close but he didn't stay with me But from that date, we arranged that we slept in one place, either at his place or at my place. And then another friend from Tahiti came, my sister. And then it felt complete. Yeah, I think I had 10 days left. But in these 10 days, I went through a huge death portal. And this is the actual topic of this conversation, of this podcast interview, where I want to share my personal experiences with death and rebirth cycles and how you can navigate through them. So in order to grow into the version you came here to be, and this process never stops. It's not that I know after a rebirth cycle, you feel like on top of the world, you know it all now, you feel so empowered, you feel so radiant, so beautiful, and you think this is it now for the rest of my life. <laughs> and then it continues. It's just a cycle and it's part of nature and part of our soul's evolution. If we choose this path of growth, if we don't choose to stay in the same version, that we are in right now we are made to grow and growing always involves growing pain and for me this dream that I created so passionately that vision that I had since I'm a little girl to live on this island and I really had visions for 15 years they came in the most random situations that Morea popped up with the turquoise crystalline waters and I never knew where this place was and then I just always felt this longing for home so there was this huge dream and vision and expectation also of this place and when I found when I saw the first picture of Morea from 
Jessie's Instagram story, a friend sent it to me. I just knew in my bones, even though nobody around me could understand. I knew, I felt it. I just knew it. This was the place for my visions. That's why I gave up my whole life. I just trusted my soul so deeply, even though I had the human fears that thought I'm doing the biggest mistake of my life and that paralyzed me always, almost. I trusted my soul. And then I created this version of me that had everything she desired she was longing for solitude and for not everybody taking away her energy and taking advantage of her and betraying her like so much that I experienced in the past and then I went through the death portal last year where I went to the root and then suddenly this version of me didn't feel aligned because it was based on trauma and then I learned how to set boundaries and how to honor my own energy to see myself as a as a diamond and that only if someone honest the shining light and the purity of a diamond they get access to me I didn't allow anyone that didn't honor that in my field I always see it as a bubble around the diamond because it needs space to shine and if someone comes with their garbage bin and throws it in front of my feet I'm like nope (laughs) I'm not available for that anymore if someone projects their shit on me and blames me for their irresponsibility to take responsibility for their emotions I called that out now and I didn't do that in the past. And I was entangled in so many family dynamics and codependencies. And I gave so many people and things and places and money power over me that my light couldn't shine. And now that I'm really, really making it a priority to be in my light and in my power, I also realized what I need to grow and what my soul is longing for. And a huge part of that is deep connections, intimacy, to be seen, to grow together, to support each other. And even though I had that online in my business and by joining different groups, I was longing for that in real life. And the version of me that went through all the suffering on her own was because she felt safe when she was alone. I never had trauma releases and breathwork like everyone around me, even in, in ayahuasca. I always had it when I was alone especially when I was facing this loneliness and the parts that felt unlovable. I always navigated through that alone because this is how my my human self felt safe because my emotions were never valued as a child. So I had to do this in a child, but this was the old version. And when I healed that, I suddenly felt a desire to be held and to be seen and to have really to show all of me, to speak from my heart and to to just create this way of living that wasn't possible in Morea because there were just not so many aligned souls with me. I know I'm going to be back. I don't know when, but to be able to let that version go that was so attached to the dream and to the expectation and to the version of me that created so, worked so hard to have this life, she needed to die in order for the woman I'm stepping into now to be born. And I'm also just in the beginning of this. I know there's so much more waiting and so much more I'm here to create. I have a huge vision for my life and my soul already knows. I already know that this is going to be a magical ride of a journey, but I'm not supposed to do this alone. And I really, it doesn't even feel aligned anymore to, to suffer so much on my own. And So in these 10 days when this incident happened, when this guy tried to break into my apartment and until I left Morea, I went through this huge grieving process of letting that version of myself die. And that is scary. And I think this is the reason why so many people hold on to an old version of themselves. And you can relate this to every single part of your life, especially relationships. How many people do you know? And maybe you are in a relationship right now where your soul already knows you're here for more, you desire and you deserve a deeper, meaningful soul connection where your heart is seen, where you can show all of you, where you feel safe to be who you truly are and you grow together and whatever you desire from a relationship. And you know the relationship you're in right now is not that, but still you stay. And I see this in so many women and I I was that version for 32 years before I went to the root. Now I can see it everywhere, even here in Tulum. Even women that have done a lot of work are still in this pattern of knowing they deserve more, even having standards, but then accepting less because the little girl inside of them rather has a little bit of love than no love for this version of herself. So this is the false illusion. Your inner girl wants to fill this void inside of her with love from the outside 
instead of facing that version that feels unlovable and nurture her and shower her with so much love and caring and compassion, which would heal and make you feel whole from the inside. But we rather cling on things on the outside. And this makes the disalignment between your heart, your soul and your mind. Because your human self is attached to your traumas and to your conditioning and to not feeling enough and avoiding the pain and entangled in all those toxic dynamics rather than seeing the truth and listening to your soul that you deserve and desire more than this relationship or that job or whatever it is you're holding on. And your mind might already understand that this is not healthy for you, but because you have these patterns and this conditioning and these this trauma that you're avoiding, that everything feels better than facing that void, that darkness within yourself. And that's why we stay, even though we know it's not what we truly desire. That's the reason why we have so much addiction, suicide even, and unhealthy, toxic relationships. Why would a woman stay in a relationship where she gets beaten up, emotionally abused? And I was one of those. I stayed in an emotional abusive relationship and my soul was so clear crystal clear that this is not my man and that there's something massively wrong but if you're in a relationship with a narcissist sometimes you don't see that because you get manipulated you get gaslighted you get love bombed you're questioning your own reality you think you're going crazy you think they are right that we are crazy so that was the piece of my awakening to be crushed in my spirit to be so on the rock bottom to realize it's not oh my God, this happened to me. I'm so poor. Why did he do this to me? It's like, why was I a match to that? Why did I allow to be treated that way? And why did I not trust my soul? And the reason is trauma. The reason is that we avoid this pain so much that we accept poor behavior, that we accept all the things that are not in alignment anymore, but they feel better than going into this deep, deep, deep pain of separation and darkness. And before I went through this whole death, rebirth, six-month trauma healing cycle last year, I thought I was a bit almost like, how do you call it? I thought I know it, you know? I'm like, oh my God, if this person would do their healing work, they wouldn't drink every day. Or if my ex-boyfriend's mother, if she would face her childhood trauma she would not be awake all day watching TV and her son, my partner back then, would not have this and that. And I was so good at pointing it out and everyone else like, oh my God, if my mom only would heal, I wouldn't feel this pain of feeling abandoned with every guy that left me, if only. And I was pointing out to all these people and because I thought I've done the healing work, you know. And then when I really went to the root of my first months of life and I faced this deep, deep, deep pain and darkness. It felt unbearable. It felt like my breath is taken away. And to nurture and embrace that part of me that felt unlovable and nurture it with love, this was the moment for the first time in my life I understood why people commit suicide, why people choose to stay in toxic relationships for their whole life rather than looking into this pain because it felt like I can't do this anymore. I thought taking away my life would be easier than facing that pain, but I did it. I don't know how, but I took all the love, all the compassion, all the nurturing that I give away so freely to everyone. I took that and it took all of me to nurture and embrace that part of me that felt separated from love, that felt so alone, so outcasted, so not belonging to this world and to my family and to the people around me. And when I loved this part, it just didn't feel aligned to accept what wasn't in alignment anymore. Because why would I? If I can love myself, I'm not afraid if someone leaves me because I'm a diamond. And if someone doesn't appreciate the beauty of a diamond, they're not worthy of being in my field. And if they want to leave because of their own projections and stories it will be painful but I know it has nothing to do with my worth and my beauty and I can see what is theirs and what is mine and sometimes it's even a gift if they leave your life so last year when this the universe stripped away all these people I was like oh my god why is this happening and now I'm like thank you thank you I could not see the truth 
by being in those dynamics. And now these most aligned, soul nourishing, deep connections pop up so effortlessly, but I needed the solitude and to walk alone for a while to see the truth. <sighs> so back to the death and rebirth cycle. Imagine, and I'm going to do this with the example of me letting that version of me die that had the dream to be able to step into the woman to lead a much bigger vision. Because sometimes we create a dream and a vision and we think that's it for the rest of our lives. And for me, it was the island and I still have the vision of creating a retreat center or even a community. But I realized that version was still keep playing small and there was not the full spectrum of my vision and my creative power in that dream and the life that I created it was beautiful it was all I ever imagined but I also know there's much more and I already desire to have more space a bigger place I want much more luxury in my life I want much more people there's so much more that I was longing for but I needed to let that version die in order to get I'm still getting there I'm not there yet to get to the version that can have it all, that feels deserving of so much more money, beauty, love, everything. So this version that created the life that was a beautiful life, that's the tricky thing. It's sometimes already hard, most of the times. It was so hard to leave my emotional abusive relationship. If you've been in a relationship with a narcissist, you know, there are master manipulators. It's really hard to leave those dynamics, especially because I knew I'm going to lose my baby, my yoga studio. But I chose myself first. And even though it was really hard, I, I knew this was essential for my growth. But it's already hard to leave a toxic relationship that you know is not good for you. But leaving something that is good and nice and it's okay and you're happy, but you know there's more. This is, in my experience, even trickier. Like the relationship I had in Morea was a beautiful man. He treated me like a goddess. He did all these amazing things. He brought flowers to our dinners. He was very compassionate. He was always there. He made a hand-grated coconut honey bath with flowers. And he really put a lot of love and intention. But this would be a whole other episode, especially after I went through this process. It was not in alignment anymore. And I could see that he didn't see himself on the same level. And that there was, yeah, just so much not, not right what I desired. He had a lot of beautiful things that I that I want and that I desire and deserve. But for example, the deep soul connection was not there. And I could see his childhood trauma playing out and his anxious attachment style and his inner child being triggered in my presence all the time and all the time, all the time. It was like I'm being in a relationship with a child rather than a man that sees himself on the same level. And even though this was a beautiful relationship, I needed, and my soul knew I needed to leave him so my man can find me. That's the reason why it's sometimes so hard to leave situations, jobs, places, if it's already good. You know, I left Germany and it was already good. I had my retreats, I had my crafts business, I had friends, I had a nice apartment, but I knew there was more. And to give yourself permission for more, if it's already good, it's nothing selfish. It's your soul showing you what's possible. It's your future self that's already expanded and that has already grown into the version telling you there is more. And if you find yourself judging yourself or wanting more, I invite you to skip that story, to drop it and to see that you deserve more. And if you carry that desire in your heart and your soul, it's there for a reason. And you going after that will make this world a better place. So it's nothing selfish to desire more, even if everyone says, oh my God, I would die for this. Everyone always said, oh my God, your teaching job is the safest job in the world. They can't get you out of the system until you die. You have a safe payment until the day you die. And this is what made me cling so much onto it, of, even though it was already making me so unhappy and so drained. I was holding onto it because of a false illusion of safety. And in relationships, it's the same. If it's even if it's a good relationship, but your soul knows you're longing to meet your life partner. You're here for divine union. You want to merge in your soul essence, your hearts. Want, you want to be able to show all of you this is not selfish. Even if nobody in, in your life can understand, 
you only need to know your truth. And if you know there's more, it's because there is 100% every single time. If you have a safe job, but you know your soul is here for more, even if it pays you less in the beginning, I invite you to trust that this is what I'm here for, to show you that if you allow your heart and your soul to lead, that you can create anything you desire. So this version that created her dream life, what she thought was her dream life, when I went through this death portal and I realized actually my dream is much bigger and I still didn't allow myself to dream that big, the vision of my retreat center of my community became much bigger. The vision of my jewelry line became much bigger. And in order to step into this version that has a higher frequency, you need to let this version die. And this can feel like a literal death. And your body can respond with physical experience. And I'm going to record a solo episode about the physical effects of trauma healing and death cycles. Your body can literally purge. You can throw up. You can shake. You can cry. Your body is calibrating to a higher frequency. But in order to get there, you have to give this version up. And this is the reason, the number one reason why people stay in this version that is suffering, that is not fulfilled. Because in order to get here, you not only need to let this version die, you need to be in the void between here and here. And the void is the most scary thing on earth for the ego. It feels like death. If you don't know if you're going to be here one day, if you're just floating in the nothingness of not knowing, not having, not seeing, but only holding the vision and trusting that this version is waiting for you, even though you don't even see it, you just know and trust. This takes a lot of courage, a lot of strength, a lot of soul growth. And even if you have been going through a lot of death and rebirth cycle, this death always feels real. I've been through so many and it still feels like, oh my God, I don't know what's going to happen. And it feels like you want to grab onto something. And that's why in the void, sometimes we go back to this version. Oh my God, the void is too much. I rather have this because I know what I'm going to expect than trusting that I'm going to be here because I can't see it yet. But this is the art of dancing with the unknown in the void, finding peace and comfort in the not knowing and the not having, but holding the vision and trusting that this version is more beautiful and more magical than you could have ever experienced. And the butterfly metamorphosis shows us this so beautifully. So first, you, the butterfly is, is an egg and then the caterpillar, the little animal that can walk. It's a different version than the metamorphosis cycle where it turns into a butterfly. And after the caterpillar phase, it turns into the chrysalis. And this is where the caterpillar loses its complete identity. And this is how it feels if you're in the void. If you would cut open the chrysalis, it would be liquid. Its DNA changes, its identity changes before it can turn into a butterfly. And this literally feels like a death because you don't know who you are anymore and you don't know what's going to come out on the other side. So you need your spiritual practice. You need the connection to something that is bigger than yourself. You need to tap into your own inner divinity to trust that your butterfly, the version that you're stepping into, is worth experiencing and holding yourself in this death experience of your old identity and to trust and believe in yourself that even if it feels anything but that version, that it's going to be there. You don't need to know when, you don't need to know how. You just know that this is part of the process. And this has helped me anytime I went through one just this year when I came back from Hawaii to Mexico. I was like, fuck, this was a lot. Like we went to Hawaii and a lot of crazy things happened. It felt like a thunderstorm, a whirlwind energy. We lost paddleboards on the roof of our car. They just fell off on the highway because my friend didn't tie them on the roof. So when we looked back, we saw the paddleboard flying off and the car crashing over. And like all of these crazy whirlwind things happened because even Hawaii, all of the Pacific Islands were like, you need to get out of the islands. You're not supposed to be here. And Tulum was calling me back so strong. So when I came back in Tulum, it felt like the first breath in a really long time. And I spent almost a week in hermit mode, just calibrating to the energy. And I still didn't know what's going to come because I was just planning to go to Mexico for a month and then go back to Morea. And suddenly I knew I cannot come back until September when I'm guiding my retreat. So I had all these months of nothingness. 
I still have no clue what's going to happen until September. It's a blank canvas. And then I realized because I'm always very soul guided and I trust my intuition. I've devoted my life to this path and still it feels very challenging for my ego to not know a single thing of what's happening. And it's reflected on the outside a lot. So many people ask me every single day, so what's your plan? Why are you going after Tulum? And I say, I have no idea, but I'm happy now to trust. Because if you have a blank canvas and you already paint patterns on it because you need to know, you don't create space for magic. And for me, the most magical moments are created by allowing space for magic and not already needing the colors to paint every single part of this picture because then it's a boring picture. If you want a magical picture, you need to create space. And for a few weeks, I was really not good at trusting that blank canvas. My ego was like, I need to know what's going to be in these months, where I'm going to be, who I'm going to be with, like, how can I afford this? Like, all these questions ran through my mind until I let that version die that needed to know. And for that, I needed to let that version die that had that vision of Morea, of that happy ending, finding home version of myself that was longing to find a home. But I realized Morea will always be my soul chosen home and I know I'm going to be back. I don't know when and how, but I know I'm going to raise my children there. I'm going to be there with the love of my life. But I needed to let that version go, that thought home is something externally. Because what I found through this journey of this soul expansion is that the home that I was looking for on the outside was actually within myself. Through trusting my soul so deeply, while I was thinking about finding home on the outside, I found the real home within my own being. I found my truth. I found my own essence. And this is priceless. This is much more valid than a physical home because now I can feel home everywhere I go. I can feel home here in Tulum. I can feel home when shit hits the fan and where when the energy goes on, I can still be shaky and be rocked by in the boat, but I can come home much more easily. And I've realized that now that I've spent so much time one-on-one -on -one with people, with my friend in, in Hawaii and also here in Mexico, one of my best friends was visiting me for two weeks and we spent Almost 24-7, we slept in one bed and was very intense also. It was beautiful, but we also went through a few parts together. And to see again and again what is true for me, what feels true for me, what is my desire, my need, and how can I communicate that in a loving way. <sighs> so the essence of the death and rebirth cycle and how my desire is for you to navigate through this. It doesn't matter if it's a relationship you're letting go of or a job or if we don't go to this death portal, we just repeat the pattern. We always stay in the caterpillar phase, which is safe. But we want our soul is craving to be a butterfly, to be reborn into the most magical, beautiful version of ourselves that flies and that shines her light. If you choose to stay in the caterpillar, Sometimes you don't even go to the void. You just accept that your job is draining, that your relationship is not fulfilling, that you're not valued and you just blame everything and everyone around you. This is a very victimhood consciousness. But if you navigate through the death cycle of the void where everything of you wants just to crawl and hang onto something because it feels better than the falling and the not knowing, I invite you to trust And this is why a spiritual practice is so essential. It doesn't matter how you do it. Just connect to the divine somehow. It can be painting. It can be dancing, meditating, shaking, swimming, working out, going into nature. Anything that connects you with something that is bigger than yourself and that helps you to trust that version that's not there yet because you hold the vision and you connect to this version every single day. So even if you're in a space where everything is falling apart, you lost your job, You, or you quit your job and you don't have the money yet and nothing seems to work to still hold the vision because otherwise it's so tempting to go back. And I don't want it for you. We are here to grow. And sometimes we need that growing pain of loss and of suffering and of shedding to be able to become the version that you came here to be. Ah, So next time you're going through that, just remember that the butterfly, if you would cut open the chrysalis, It would just drip out. And knowing that in this void, your most precious magical self is being born and you don't need to know. 
we're so conditioned our ego wants to know so badly and i know i know this so well and i still go into this trap of maybe i just should just stay don't wait until the universe is throwing rocks at you listen to the whispers of your soul before they turn into screams because your soul already knows all the answers you're looking for you don't need a mentor you don't need a guru if you really connect to your soul and sometimes it's essential to have a mentor if you are navigating through some deep stuff i was wishing i had someone last year but even my trauma therapist didn't know how to hold me because she never experienced it herself she read all the books but she didn't know how it feels if you're most ugly unlovable baby self shows herself she maybe knew it from reading but she didn't experience it so i didn't feel safe to be held by her and she couldn't navigate me through this so if you feel like you're going through something you can do this alone your body knows exactly how to heal itself you can just surrender but you don't need to i can totally recommend to work with someone you trust because If someone has been where you are and you can be held, this doesn't have to be as painful and as long and as much suffering as it feels like when you're doing it alone. Because if someone already walked this path, they can hold you through it. They can show you how you can get there instead of trying to find all the ways and making it so hard. And I thought I'm not going to open another one-on-one space but i feel there's one woman that is ready for this deep 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 healing process through this cleansing initiation and i'm not calling out anymore like i'm not selling to you i'm just letting you know that i'm open for one more woman and if you feel you're the one just send me a message i know that you will reach out to me when you feel ready and yeah it would be an honor to hold space for you during this process so you can grow into the version that you came here to be to lead the mission you came here for to grow into the most beautiful radiant confident version that can hold it all and that has so much spiritual strength that can navigate through everything that is coming after that period as well also if you want to come to one of my retreats I am guiding a self-love retreat and a feminine leadership retreat. Both are three days, end of June, beginning of July. Send me a message. They're going to be in Europe. And I have a few spots left. And also my white soul retreat when I finally come back to Morea. I don't know if I'm going to stay there, but I will be there for the retreat with James. Maybe you've listened to the interview already. James and I are going to guide white soul. We will swim with whales eye to eye. We will swim with rays and sharks. And we're going to plant corals with coral gardeners, just like we did last year. It was the most magical, adventurous, soul-nourishing retreat I ever guided. Send us a message. We would love to have you. And yeah, I would love to know how this episode landed, how it made you feel, if you have any questions. And can't wait to see you bloom and to turn into a beautiful butterfly and to see the magic that you're creating by stepping into that version so much love from Tulum oh I might transition into bi-weekly episodes because I realized there's so many projects that I would love to put more energy in that I don't have as much energy and time for weekly episodes anymore but we will see I've said that before So it's either going to be weekly or bi-weekly from next month. I'm sending you so much love and remember to live from your naked soul because the world needs your magic.